This is Dad I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden. If this is your first time joining us, please do not forget to subscribe. Today, I'm pleased to welcome back a very special guest for another installment of our popular co-parenting series. To discuss one of the biggest struggles affecting not just parents, but truly all humans, no matter what stage of life you're in. I'm talking about the struggle to connect with all those around us, from our kids, to our partners, to ourselves, and the best method we've found to regain control of the joy in our lives. Welcome, wife. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here with the number one dad that I would like to friend. It's very sweet. I hope you want to do a lot more than friend. <laughs> Today's episode is called Reconnection. Mm-hmm. We've done an episode in the past, part of our co-parenting series, mm-hmm. on connection. But today I wanted to talk about something that I think is very relevant for everyone in the world, but particularly for parents. Right. And I think that everyone in their life deals with having difficulty connecting at one point or another. But I think that in quarantine, even though we were with our families, our kids, and or a significant other, many people went in their own heads. Oh, yes. I spent a good 14 months in my own head, on my phone, just trying to check out from the horrific things that were happening outside of our front door. And I think that moving beyond quarantine, I think it's important to note that I think this is a timeless battle because I think as a society, we all have difficulty in not only connecting with others, but connecting with ourselves. And I think it has to do with the amount of distractions there are around us. And this is something that that we've struggled with a lot throughout our relationship. But this is something that I personally have struggled with for much of my adult life. In that, whereas I get energy from others, you get energy from alone time and quiet time in nature. Yes, yeah, that re-energizes me to just spend some time with myself or on a walk in the woods doing something where I can just take a break. But the reason I bring it up is because I feel like this is something that so many people can relate to because when you do have the time to be alone... How am I going to spend that time? Will I spend it with something that's actually quality time for myself or will I just waste it? I think that many people in the world confuse alone time with... um, Quality alone time. Yes, And the quality is what allows you to reconnect with yourself. Right. Instead of just busying those hours alone and thinking that that's going to somehow rejuvenate you. Right. I mean, this is is something that I've struggled with for most of my life because when I get lonely, the solution for me is connection. And it doesn't mean having someone next to me. It means actually connecting with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... So much of our society nowadays wants to text. Mm -hmm. I like to call. In business, I like to call. People want emails. Mm -hmm. People want text. I understand. I mean, I'm, I'm of this generation. I get what millennials are all about. I just, for some reason, I'm very old school in that way, where I still like connecting with individuals face to face. Quarantine was a very different reality but it pushed people even more so into social media. And instead of telling your spouse how you feel about them, writing on social media how great they are. And 
it feels like... And I know that makes you want to throw up. It does. <laughs> and, and I hate to say it because I think I fear I'm going to alienate listeners who've done it. But I don't mean to shame or call anyone out in any way. I just think there is a deeper way to connect with each other without searching for the likes from others for the connection we're attempting to make. You know, we're almost asking other people to praise us for saying that we have a connection with someone else. And just by doing that, we eliminate the connection itself. Mm -hmm. I I would much rather you tell me these things face to face. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is such a deep, embedded problem in our world right now. And every interview I do, I talk to different parents who feel disconnected from their partner, disconnected from their kids. And it is not a lack of love. Well, that's a lack of self-discipline. And I can say that because I am that person who has that lack of self-discipline, who's not making the time and pushing the connection. I mean, we talked about this earlier because I said, my sister has a really close connection with my father right now. In the past, I was the one with a really close connection with him. And I think they have a close connection right now because I don't really have the time to make that connection. If I think about the closest connections I have right now in my life, it's people who I spend a lot of time with because time allows for the awkward silences, which actually grow you. Time allows for you to have uncomfortable conversations, which grow you. Time allows for you to share your deepest, darkest secrets, or at least for me to get comfortable enough to share my deepest, darkest secrets. You literally took those words out of my mouth from our conversation earlier and claimed them as your own. But I made them good, huh? You did make them sound good. Uh, I could not agree more. I, But I do think about, you did say that to me earlier today, but I do, I have always thought this for myself in particular. I do not make friends easily. I have a lot of acquaintance friends, but for me to have a real, true, deep friendship, me personally, it takes me a lot of time to let someone in. I have made very good friends with one of our neighbors over this last year because she had to push her way into my life. She has said this to me. She said, I used to text you in the beginning when I first met you, and I used to think to myself, why am I trying so hard? And I don't know why she did, but thank God she did, because we have grown a close friendship, and I appreciate her. It just takes me time to let people in. And I think that that's not just you, and I think that the one piece of what you mentioned earlier that I questioned was when you were talking about your father, you said, I just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that you just don't make the time. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. Where are your priorities? I think that so many of us say, I never have the time. And then if we actually looked in at the amount of time we wasted doing things, do you need to be skimming through Instagram? Right. But every time you and I bring that up, you say you need something to numb your mind. Well, there is a little part of me that's like, look, there are very few vices I have in my life right now. I'm a, a mother with a toddler. Like, there's a lot of responsibility. I want to, you know, be able to keep my job. Like, I don't want vices. So if my vices are I waste a little bit of time each day on Instagram, I guess I see that as a healthy outlet. See, and I believe, and I know I'm a weirdo, but I believe that vices are one of those unnecessary evils that we have justified by saying, well, everyone needs a vice. And I don't know why you necessarily do. Isn't it possible that connection can overpower a vice? 
Like if you have an extra moment, I could don't you... think I have the energy within me to be able to do that. You do. You can do that. I don't think I, I think that would break me. I think I would be exhausted all the time. Okay. So let's, th- this is one of the reasons I think this episode is so important because I do think differently and I think that you think more like many of the listeners probably hearing this. And I think it's, your perspective is so crucial. What I want to know is if life without those vices would break you because you need the mind-numbing time, or is it exerting the energy to be with other people that would break you when you already have so much on your plate? It's the exerting the energy to be with other people. Okay. So yes, I could replace my Instagram time with going for a run, going for a walk, or a meditation where um, you literally exert no energy yep. and just sit in silence for a minute to reconnect with yourself. Because connection is connection, whether it's with yourself, whether it's with your kid or mm-hmm. a friend. Mm-hmm. But I think that the biggest problem that I keep seeing around me, and it's one of the reasons that I feel so lonely, I feel like I, I feel connected to myself. I do not feel connected with many people around me. And I feel like everyone around me keeps complaining of loneliness. And everyone keeps complaining about all the negativity. Mm-hmm. But you brought up this amazing point about someone in our life who seems to love listening to crime shows. And I think that's many people, right? Podcasts that are based on crimes and murders. And I said, I don't like that kind of content. Why do people like it? And your response was, sometimes that fills the void. It, it, it's some excitement that they can bring in. And I feel like if, is it possible, or am I just being too idealistic? Is it possible that if those people took a moment to connect with themselves, instead of throwing themselves into that external chaos, that they actually could find a depth and meaning within themselves that could make them not feel so lost and lonely, that could make them not need to run away or grab that drink to numb themselves or grab that Instagram feed to numb themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I let's ex- do an experiment. Well, we have been actively doing an experiment in that. So Laura and I have struggled with connection for most of our marriage. To explain that, we are very much in love. I mean, I am very much in love. You are, right? That's funny. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. Um, and we are very connected with our son, but it's the consistency, which I think is from what I've spoken to friends, this is this is what everyone is dealing with. It's consistently feeling connected because during the work week, we get torn apart from each other because the to-do list with our kid, you know, work and kid and other responsibilities come in and it makes it hard to connect. And so we decided instead of struggling during the week with that, just giving in to the fact that we will possibly feel a bit disconnected during the work week, but we will attempt to do dinners together once our our child goes to bed. Mm -hmm. Or if your, your children eat with you because they stay up later, you know, connecting during that meal, Mm -hmm. you know, making that a sacred thing. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, we attempt to turn off our phones. Yes. That is something that every time I bring that up to a guest or to a friend, they go, wow, that sounds cool. But no one is ever willing to do it. It's a, I will vouch as someone who does it, but 
begrudgingly. So I, I do it begrudgingly, and it is really hard to do. You have to have everything planned out ahead of time. You have to know your plans. You have to communicate with people and say, I'm turning my phone off if you need me. Get a hold of me a different way. You need to write down addresses so that you can plug it into like your car navigation system or just know where you're going. I mean, it sounds stupid. I feel like I'm like, like as, as someone who grew up, you know, until like didn't have a cell phone until age 16, I understand what life is like when you used to use MapQuest to figure out where you're going or you used to actually tell people like drive two miles this way, turn left here, turn right here. And, and honestly, I know that this is not that hard, but it actually is hard hard once you become accustomed to living with a cell phone all the time. I think that you are the majority. I think that most people think that this is like a shocking Yeah, I mean, theory. we don't have a lot of friends who do this. But we do, just as we set boundaries with our, with our kid, and that helps us to have a healthy relationship and it helps him to be lovely. <laughs> I don't well, know. I don't know well, why boundaries are so I important. I mean, emotionally maybe. stronger and able to like understand that if we say we're going to watch this video for five minutes and then when we're done, we're done. Right. He can understand that. Exactly. And I know we've, we, there's, in a past episode, we, we talked about boundaries. I think we had struggled with boundaries and I think we've done a spectacular job at being a united front. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel anymore like I'm the bad guy. I feel like the two of us really stick to the same boundaries when one of us sets them. Mm-hmm. And if one of us wants to not follow that path, the other one goes, okay. If mommy said that, you know, or you say, if, if daddy said that, it's okay. And we talk about it in front of Wyatt yeah. and agree that we can loosen on that boundary. Right. You know, it's an, it's an open forum that it's a line that moves, but we are a united front. Right. And I feel like that is important. And I don't know why, from my perspective, it's so hard to set a boundary with our phone, hmm. just like we would with our kid. I mean, for those listening... What I had to do to get Laura to agree to do this... It took many years. It took many years. It was something that was very important to me. I get a lot of anxiety from my phone. I am no saint. I, too, if I turn on Instagram, you know, have trouble turning it off. So I just try not to look at it. I deleted it from my phone. But I have trouble putting out that energy that is connecting with others without being face-to-face. It just... It's it's foreign to me because it doesn't feel like I'm truly... It's not a two-way communication. It's as voyeurism. Much as people, you know? Yeah. People try and make it that, but a lot of Instagram is just, come on, pretty pictures. It's and we other try people's and add sizzle depth. reels of their life. And people are trying to make it, add depth to it, but still in doing that, we all know it's about the likes and the algorithm is there to make us obsessed with continuously looking and posting. And it's kind of gross. And it, it does kind of take us away from the people standing right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for anyone out there who thinks I'm a douche and loves social media. I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with anyone. It is my personal preference. It makes me feel lonely. And the solution to that was feeling that if we're going to be disconnected during the work week, at least on the weekends, we can reconnect and rejuvenate. And how was it Saturday and Sunday this weekend? I think we're better as a team and as a couple. And I'm a better mom, honestly. I mean, but truly, how was it for you, me, and Wyatt? What Um, was the weekend like? Do you see how, like, the phone has such an addiction over me that there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to give you this. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like, there's a part of me that's just like, I... Or maybe, I don't know if it's the phone's addiction over me or just my, like, stubbornness. I... I think it's, I feel better. I feel more connected to you and I feel 
honestly way more connected to Wyatt. Because I will speak from my perspective. I had an unbelievably satisfying Father's Day weekend. We did not have devices. Wyatt just felt so available, so madly invested in both of us Mm -hmm. and in everything we were doing. Mm -hmm. He listened. He was not just well-behaved, but even when he was tired, he was so communicative. It was just we were all connected and not Mm -hmm. fighting for attention to attempt to get someone off their device and not shooing someone because we were in the middle of something on our device. We were available to each other. Right. And it felt to me like I was so in love with my wife, so in love with my son, and so in love with my life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes you're having an affair with your device. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, and I, all I want is that connection, but I have to get it away from you. And, and for those listening, I went so far as to, I put in a landline because Laura said, I need people to call in an emergency. That's was the first excuse as to why the phone had to stay on. So I put in a landline. Then it was on the weekends, we need people to be able to access us if we're driving. What if there's an emergency? I got a flip phone that I keep in the car and I put the SIM card in just in case of an emergency, but we don't have all the apps and all the chaos and the email, you know? And then it was like, oh, well, we need people's numbers. So I literally text everyone during the week. We (laughs) make our plans in advance. If we don't have plans, so be it. Luckily, we have two other lovely people to be with in that our son and our spouse and we're together. But mostly we we have plans in advance and we tell them to call the landline if they need us. But mostly people just meet us and they're weirded out that they can't text us and it works out just fine. But I feel like it has done wonders for our marriage. I mean, there are weekends where when the phones are off and I'm stealing this out of Kevin's mouth, but it feels like our little two-day weekend was like a four-day weekend. It feels like... Now, you're stealing it, but do you agree with it? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. There are weekends that go by, and it's Sunday night, and I feel like I had four days with you guys because we were present to each other, because we made the plans ahead of time. We knew what we were doing. We were invested with just being with each other. And that is quality time. If we were talking about quality time with myself, quality time does not include being on the phone. It's just flipping through an app, flipping through your email, shopping for something on Amazon. That's not quality time. Maybe a good way to define connection is quality time that allows you to let down your guard. Yeah. And have conversations that make you ask questions or when people ask questions of you and make you rethink things or just laugh and have fun. But none of those can happen. And even a connection with yourself, if you don't allow the space and time for your guard to come down. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like we turn off our phones on Friday night and we're instantly like in it. No. It takes, it's almost like a little bit of a hangover. It takes us a beat to disconnect. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our Friday nights, like when I turn the phone off on Friday night, usually around like five or six when work's wrapping up, I do feel almost celebratory. There's a part of me that it, there, there, it is the marker of a new beginning, right? So for me, it's like the closure of the work week. And now here I am. It's the weekend. I'm spending this time with my child and my husband. There's reason for celebration because I don't have work to do. So in that regard, that is a beautiful mile marker of the week that tells me that I am changing scenery for a few days. 
And you're right. Yes, I hold on to some of the to-dos or sort of like cravings to wrap up other items from work, right, throughout Friday night. It doesn't just go away, but it does divide the time for me in a really beautiful way. So if that is the case, and I do agree with you, why then after a few weeks do you again have trouble turning it off? Because I think people at home, if they were to try this, yeah. I want everyone to know it's, it's hard. not easy. It's not yeah. easy. It's very hard. I know that it does our family good. I know that it does me good. And I don't always do it or I struggle with it. There's plenty of weekends. I mean, this weekend included, we went to a drive-in on Saturday night. And the ticket they sent me was a QR code on my phone. So I guess I could have printed out the QR code on a piece of paper. I didn't. I turned my phone on for Saturday night. So I had my phone. I turned it on. Now, the thing is, I had gone 24 hours without the phone. So turning it on and showing someone the QR code for a moment and then, you know, sitting at the drive-in and having it on did not take me out of the moment. Even with texts coming in or anything like that? I don't even know. I don't think anyone texted me. I don't think I saw it. I didn't think about it. I feel like you put it back in your pocket or wherever it was. I put it back in my purse. Yeah. And then we were watching a movie and we were together. I mean, I don't, I don't say this to say that like, yes, you can just turn it on and it's not a big deal and then turn it back off. Ideally, it would be off the whole weekend. But I am saying that I did turn it on for a moment because I did need it for a reason. I mean, sometimes you, you like to capture moments on the weekend. Yeah, it sucks. We don't ever take pictures of ourselves on the weekends and that doesn't But we have a beautiful camera that you got. Yes, but I'm way better with the iPhone camera. Truthfully. And you will continue to be better with the iPhone camera until you practice the other camera. You're a spectacular photographer. Of course. But I I do understand the phone makes life easier. That is why people love it. But I don't know if it's possible that making life easier has actually made us feel more lonely and disconnected. It might be a curse that it's made our life so easy. All right, what are we sacrificing for convenience? Right? And we sacrifice in other ways. If you think about the unhealthy food we eat, we sacrifice actual nutrients for convenience. Are we sacrificing our connection, our mental health? Mental health. health. I, and I, I guess the reason I thought this was a, such an important conversation, it's not just about us because I feel like we're on the other end of it in many ways. Mm-hmm. But there's so many couples that have struggled out there from quarantine. And there's so many people that I've spoken to, married couples who are having issues with intimacy or couples who are having trouble connecting with their kid, or couples who are having trouble connecting with each other post-kids. And I feel like for all these people, how is it possible for any connection to occur unless you're available for that connection? And when we fill our time, every moment with a device, an email, a text, a Instagram scroll, or taking pictures of every moment instead of living in that moment. Right. How can we allow ourselves that time to actually connect? When is there ever been a couple that equally gets horny at the exact same time and feels a connection without some kind of mental connection involved? I mean, there could be physical times once in a while, but once the chaos of life happens and you've been together for a little while, I feel like you need that connect not just mental you need that soulful heartful mental like you need a connection that's that that is larger than just hormones of course and and i know that a lot of women might say this but i think men 
might realize that they actually agree with this too. There's something, sex is better when you're connected with your partner. And the only way to do that is to actually connect. It's not just about getting the task done. Right. That's a tough thing I think too for any of us who have been together for any number of years. It, It can sometimes feel like, oh shoot, we haven't done that in a while. We better just do it to do it. Right. And and yeah, is it going to be super enjoyable when you're absolutely just doing it to do it? No. And are you going to be excited to do it again? Right. You know, because we have definitely had intimate moments where it was fun. And then when it was done, we went to bed. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or it was just like, okay, that's, that's crossed off the list. Let's get back to our tasks. <laughs> and then we've had intimate moments where it was like, I cannot wait to do that again (laughs) shortly, you know, where I just, where we feel connected. And I just think it only happens when we allow that space to bond. It's the buildup. It's a version of foreplay Mm -hmm. that's not sexual. The connection, it creates Uh, an intimacy. Your mental spark. Or even a heartfelt spark, you know, just playing rummy cube with you and just like kind of verbally sparring and flirting and just having fun could could make me feel connected enough with you that an intimate act afterwards is something that is so much more meaningful. Right, right. And I guess I just think that is something that I think is good to explore for any people out there. Yeah, it's the slow burn. The slow burn that we know creates a more fantastic ending. And then how to deal with that on the on the weekdays, we tried to extend that by turning off our phones on the weekends and then no phones are allowed in the bedroom ever, just for a separation of church and state. Has it helped at all with feeling like the bedroom is a safe place? I think it's better for you and I in our connection, specifically in the bedroom. And not just sex, but like intimacy in general between the two of us. I guess my fear in this is giving off the feeling that you're doing all of this for me mm-hmm. and that it isn't actually benefiting you. And since you are the voice of probably many of the listeners, mm-hmm. I you want wanted... me to find, dig deep and figure out where it actually works for me? If it does. I mean, okay. I'm so... willing to it's... accept if it doesn't. Well, here's the one thing I will say about the, the bedroom thing. I do think it's probably better... For me to not sleep with my phone right next to my head. I also do have a tendency that if that phone is next to me and I wake up, like, I mean, my, my bedside table is right next to my head. And when I wake up, it is the first thing that I grab. My hand reaches for it. I, I will, I would lay in bed. I would look at like what the stock market is doing, what the weather for the day will be, what emails are coming in from work for, you know, we're on the West coast. So I would look at what East coast people are doing. I don't need to see that at 7 a.m. I'm allowed, I'm a human, and I am allowed to give myself a good hour by myself or a good hour with my son who's going to wake up when I wake up anyway. So why would I insist on plugging myself into all this drama and chaos the minute that I wake up? It doesn't make sense. So why? Because the addiction is there. I mean, it is legitimately an addiction addictive item that has a draw and there's not just one draw of the phone like you know text messages or even just email it's a hundred different things 
it's actual dopamine that spikes every time you look and you're like, oh, a new email came in or my stock went up or I hit 10,000 steps today. Like all of those little things just get my mind bouncing. So all in all, knowing what it's like when you do it and knowing what it's like when you don't, how do you feel it benefits the connection with yourself and the connection with me and your child? I think I'm a more calm balanced person when I put the phone down. So there's a benefit to my relationship with myself. I know I'm a better mom because there are times where it's just Wyatt and I in the morning and maybe we're eating breakfast and I might start looking at my phone, looking at stuff for work. And then suddenly I'm shopping on Amazon and then suddenly I'm scrolling Instagram and my child starts to realize that he no longer has my attention. So now he's doing other things. I maybe to get my attention or asking me if he can watch a video, things that I don't necessarily want to encourage. I'm not the best role model when my phone is around. And with regards to us, I feel like we are just on the same page. We understand each other better. We are a much more united front as parents. We laugh more. We're a lot more relaxed together at the same time, which is so nice to be able to have that moment together when we're both relaxed. And it's more fun. It's honestly more fun. I agree with everything you said. And every way it's benefited you, it has also benefited me. It is the sole most important thing that we have done throughout the 10 years that we have been together that has benefited me personally, in every way I can imagine. Of all the things we've experimented with and tried, this is the thing that has made me feel the most connected, eliminated loneliness, brought back joy, made me fall in love with my wife every weekend, made me feel like I'm a human being when I go to bed, made me enjoy every precious moment with my son, brought me back to a place of calm, individually. I have not encountered another thing in my life that was more powerful than turning off the phone every weekend and not bringing it in the bedroom. And I'm just curious to know if you feel that it's a realistic thing for people to do. I think it's extremely realistic for the people who are already of this mindset. There are plenty of other people out there who don't even have social media, don't care about social media, and don't necessarily need their phones, right? Those people who are already like out there, used to meditating, I think it would be easy for them. And if you are one of those people, please find a way to reach out to us because we want to be your friend. (laughs) Absolutely. I need more people like that in my life. But if you're not of that mindset, then I think you have to start with baby steps. I think keeping that phone out of your bedroom at night is a very easy step to do it because look, it's not great to be on your phone scrolling social media or news anytime after 10 PM until whenever it is you go to bed anyway, right? Like why do you need to do that? What joy does it bring to your life? What good does it bring to your life? I know because I do it. It doesn't bring any joy or goodness to my life. I love it. Baby steps is probably the best way for anyone that wants to actually try this out. So I guess in closing, if you are listening to this episode and 
you connected with something in it, maybe you will take a moment to try that little baby step that Laura's recommended of simply leaving your phone outside of your bedroom and having that be a rule for a week and seeing if it makes a difference for you. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy because as someone who often can be a workaholic, I know how difficult it is to tear yourself away from any work email, any project that you think absolutely has to be finished or responded to right now in this moment. It is not easy, but it's worth it. I think the people who really do beautifully at any job are often the people who have a life outside of their job because it allows you to bring new perspectives into the work that you're doing. I could not agree more. I think adding that perspective will give everything more meaning. And I don't just mean work. I mean every single relationship in your life, from your relationship with your kids, to your spouse, to your friends, to sparking a connection again with yourself, which I think is the key to everything. So I wish you all luck. Thank you for joining me, wife. I love you. I love you so very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for joining us. And if you connected with some aspect of today's episode, please consider writing a review and sharing it with others who you feel could also benefit. Until next time.